Undertaker is an undead man, and he murdered AJ Styles by burying him alive. What are you talking about? Welcome to Grapples and Apples, a podcast where we talk about everything from professional wrestling to whether or not it's safe to take a blast to the past or move ahead to the future because I don't know what I just watched, but it was some kind of something. I don't know. As always. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's the only way to describe it. <laughs> As always, you're checking this out on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples and Apples. That's Grapples on number two. Apples, if you don't like SoundCloud, you got Google Play Music, you got Apple Podcasts, doesn't matter where you're listening, as long as you're listening. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Ill Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, because maybe that's who I is. Joined from a not-too-distant place. Shades Sexual Palace. <laughs> be very sensual. The very night. For three days in a row, Mr. Sunglasses at night himself, you boy, Shades. As Shades just said, it's our third night in a row coming straight to you to give you everything you need to know about what's going on. Tonight was night two of WrestleMania 36. We have all of your results. We have some opinions on those results. And some, I don't know, maybe what could possibly happen? Who knows? But, before we get into all that, ring that bell. Alright, so, same as last night, we have one match to kick off as part of the kickoff show, excuse me. And that match tonight is Liv Morgan versus Natalia. In a six minutes and 25 second, very standard, run-of-the-mill wrestling match. Uh, Natalia seems to be playing the heel throughout the match. And Liv Morgan ends up with a victory. Uh, yeah, there's nothing more to it than that. Um, the only thing that I really did, like you, you just said, notice was uh, Natty really healing it up. Uh, don't know why. Right. I was, I was also um, confused by that. Yeah, don't know why, but you know what? Uh, um, I actually realized that we did ourselves a disservice because we knew that this match was on the card, but we didn't give our predictions for it after night one. Yeah, whatever. Didn't change the standards. <laughs> Doesn't do much of anything. Moving on to the first match of the main card proper. Much to my surprise that they would open with this, it was Charlotte Flair challenging Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship, and I thought this was actually a very good match. Um, very good is... Not great. Very good. Very good is a good way to describe this um both women definitely had <clears throat> spoke about what they were going to be doing mm-hmm. before the match mm-hmm. both women had 
unbelievable chemistry mm-hmm. compared to the women's match that we saw the night before with Shayna and, and Becky, who have actually wrestled against each other. Yeah. This was hard-hitting. There was a lot of... Because, again, it's an empty arena. There's a lot of trash talking that we could see here. They got picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was thoroughly entertained with this match, for sure. Yeah, they, they both sold very well. And what I enjoyed about this was that there was actual storytelling to this match. Where they had Charlotte working over Rhea Ripley's knee the entire match in the beginning... And that factored into the finish. And it's so refreshing to see Charlotte Flair wrestle like that again. Because I feel like we're just so used to Charlotte Flair matches by the numbers. Which is just, you know, she gets the upper hand, she loses the upper hand. And then big boot, natural selection, figure eight, call it a day. Yeah. But, But this wasn't like that. This was an actual, this is maybe Charlotte's best work since her Sasha feud. I mean, I've said it, um, Sasha, Sasha, excuse me, Charlotte is a really good wrestler. Um, the, the problem is that with the end result tonight, mm. <sighs> everyone's tired of the Charlotte Flair show. Charlotte uh-huh. wins lols. It's like yeah. seeing it all over again. It's almost to the to the effect of Triple H or John Cena, where they could put over younger talent, but they don't. Charlotte is an established wrestler, a multi time cha- a multi time champion on all brands. She has no reason to win this match, and yet she does. Instead of putting Rhea Ripley over. Instead of putting over younger talent, up-and-coming talent, Charlotte wins for what? What is the point? Lighter schedule, man. It's dumb. She doesn't have to move around. She can stay in Florida for a while at full sail. Right now, there's absolutely zero moving around, if I'm being honest. But um, she doesn't have to travel with... Uh, she's not raw, right? Yeah, so she, she doesn't have to travel with uh, you know, the raw crew or anything like that. She stayed full sail. She doesn't have to show up every night. It's a cushy, cushy. People would think it's a demotion, but it's for her. It's 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 a it's a pretty cushy uh, uh, upgrade. And it's an, it's another accolade to add to her resume. Absolutely, but she's now an eleven-time champion. Oh. Oh my god, so annoying. So annoying. And Ric Flair's championship reign came throughout a very storied, long career. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's been wrestling for, what, nine years or so? She's got 11 championship reigns? They're so desperate to compare it to her father, it's insane. And there's there's no reason. She she's not bad. She's a very good talker. She's very good in the ring. But it's it, they're force feeding us, and you know most most fans don't like that. No, that's why they turned on 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 Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Now I heard a rumor the uh, last night actually 
that there's potential that WWE is going to go on a uh, indefinite hiatus because of COVID um, starting, you know, in a few weeks. And so the idea is to put all of their top championships on easily marketable faces that can do media appearances and keep WWE and the mainstream zeitgeist. So, with that said, I understand putting a belt on Charlotte, but in terms of, like, booking and your actual company, it's trash. Uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Not the fact that it's trash. I, I don't think that um, you need Charlotte to be marketable. Uh, Rhea Ripley is Australian. If, if you want to bring more eyes, more Australian eyes to the, the WWE product, why not have one of their bigger stars be NXT champion? Because, you know, Char- because Charlotte, Charlotte's been Charlotte's done this before, so she knows how to do the media appearances. She knows how to do all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. It's easier to go, okay, we know you can do it, here's the belt, go do it, than saying, hey, Rhea, young, young, very young, early 20-something-year-old Rhea, go ahead and do this. Yeah. But Also, Charlotte has the look right. that Vince wants rather than Rhea Ripley. Exactly. It's sad to say it, you know, um, your, your looks shouldn't determine your worth, your entering ability should determine your worth. Agreed. But um because she has that metal, you know the short dark hair, ages with the, the tattoos and the hair like the leather like and the chains and Yeah. That's not his ideal woman. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Moving on from his ideal woman to his ideal woman. Alistair Black and Bobby Lashley featuring Lana. Bobby Lashley sporting some brand new tights. And, uh... This was when I sported a brand new bathroom break, because I don't care. I... No one really cared about this. It came out of, like, left field. There was no reason for them to have this match. But they had it. I mean, whatever, you know, um, Bobby Lashley had um, Alistair up in the Dominator. Um, and Lana was saying, no, no, hit him with the spear. And I was just like, why? If he's, he's going to dominate him, like the, the Dominator is better than a spear. Also, how many spears are we going to see this weekend? <laughs> All the spears. All so, of the spears. So Lashley gets, um, he, he drops black and sets up the spear, and that's when Alistair hits the black mass, and Bobby Lashley loses. Yeah, at least the right person would have Okay, I mean, it would have been better if, like, Rusev came out and caused Bobby Lashley the match, but I don't want them to start that again, so. Exactly. So maybe I'll just shut the hell up and <laughs> not, bring, <laughs> not bring that into this, uh, with negative energy into the world. So moving on 
from that negative energy to some positive energy. We have Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. So this is one of the few matches that had a long-built storyline going into WrestleMania. Starting probably in January with Otis developing a crush on Mandy Rose. And then he asked her out on a date for Valentine's Day. And then he got a text saying she'd be late, but she wasn't late. So she thought she got stood up. So it was Dolph Ziggler who swooped in. And then she started dating Dolph Ziggler. And Otis was heartbroken. And then it turns out on Friday night that we got a... Uh, Hidden camera footage showing that Sonya Deville is the one who sent the text message. And so, Sonya Deville and Dolph Ziggler were in on it to set up Ziggler with Rose. So, that leads us to tonight's match. Dolph Ziggler comes out accompanied by Sonya Deville. Otis comes out accompanied by nobody. Because Tucker is still hurt from his attack on Friday. And we have to save Manny Rose for... The uh, climax of the match. The the match itself was fine. I mean, it's what you're going to get from Otis and Dolph. It was nothing spectacular. It was kind of just do stuff while we wait for the right time. And the right time came late in the match. Uh, Otis was setting up to do the Caterpillar. Sonya gets up on the apron to distract the ref. Otis is yelling at Sonya, who's being distracted by the ref. So Ziggler comes from behind, gives him the low blow. At which point... Oh, no, 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 don't undersell the low blow. It was a full soccer kick <laughs> to the bejewels. The mule kick. Yeah. At which point, Mandy Rose, in full wrestling gear, mind you, comes down to the ring, beats up on Sonya Deville real quick, then uh, disposes of Sonya, runs into the ring when the ref is distracted, and gives Dolph a low blow for his troubles. At which point, Otis slams him down to the ground, hits him with the, the caterpillar, picks up the, the pin, one, two, three. We all thought this was going to go one of two ways. Either you go modern... And she comes out to help Otis, or you go old school, and she comes out and goes super heel on Otis. They went modern, happy day. She helps Otis. As they're celebrating, he picks her up, and of course, I call this, they kiss, because duh. And they go off into the sunset, happy as can be. Yeah, I mean, I said it, uh, I didn't care for the feud anymore. But uh, this was a, a fun conclusion to the match. Um, Otis, lucky guy, getting a, <laughs> a piece of the Mandy pie. But uh, uh, it's interesting to see where they go from here. Yeah. The, the feud obviously not over. Like, there will be some sort of repercussions for her hitting her, like, Sonya and her Yeah, we have to have Sonya and Mandy doing something, whether it's a one-on-one or a mixed tag with the fellas, but we're going to have Mandy and Sonya have some sort of program together. Yeah. So, alright, so let's move on to the last man-standing match between Edge and Randy Orton. This was the longest match of the night. 
And boy, did it feel like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it, I was like, this match is, well, I checked out of this match about three or four times. Just, man, this definitely did feel like one of the longer matches of the, the, the longest match of both nights. It was, it was uh, 36 and a half minutes long. Whereas Undertaker and AJ, it felt goofy, but it didn't feel like it was taxing. Right. It felt taxing. Yep. And and it, it, it was a slow, methodical build, and I'm just like, oh my god, can we please just be done with it? Can we please just be done with it? Nope. <laughs> they were ringside they were in the weight room they were in the parking lot they were at catering they were everywhere anywhere they, they were, were in the, 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 the the giant boardroom they were in the the red hue they were here they were there they were up they were down they were north they were south I'm like Please, for the love of God, end this match. I will not have this match in a box. I will not have this match with a fox. I will not have this match here or there. I will not have this match anywhere. It did feel like, like it was... Oh, man. My word, this is a Dr. Seuss trap. So, the match concludes when they're on the top of a truck. And, um... Edge hits, he puts Randy Orton to sleep. Uh, That was with the Jake Hager uh, standing triangle. Yep. That was the first thing I noticed too. I was like, all of a sudden Edge does this thing? Come on now. Come on. So, he knocks out, he puts Randy Orton to sleep. The ref starts counting. The ref gets to six. And Edge goes, don't you dare keep counting! No, he dropped. He, he dropped a uh, cuss word. Oh, did he? What did he say? I don't remember. He was like, nah, "Don't you keep like effing counting or something like that." Mm, mm. And so, I was like, "Oh, okay." Ooh wee. So he he you know tells the ref to not keep counting, so the ref stops counting because that's how rules work. Mm-hmm. Edge gets a chair, sets up Randy Orton's head on a chair. Hits him with a concerto, and then he allows the ref to count. Ref counts, because, you know, again, that's how rules work. He has to make sure he has the permission of the combatants to enforce the rules. I mean, yeah, he had, he had Randy Orton said, stop counting, I'll tell you when to count. And then Edge tells him to stop counting, he'll tell him when to count. I'm sitting here like... So y'all just gonna change the rules on the fly to fit the narrative of the match. Could you imagine watching a hockey game and a player goes to the ref, don't call any penalties, give me a minute. Like, lay somebody out. And then he goes, okay, you can call penalties now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna slash this guy over and over again. Not <laughs> tripping, don't worry about it. Eye sticking. Yeah, you know what, just pull the whole goalie out of the net. Right? Throw, throw, the, throw the puck in there, who cares? Anyway, so Edge beats Randy Orton to no one's surprise, and we move forward to the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship match between the Street Profits, 
versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory, accompanied by Zelina Vega. Another, like, nothing throwaway match. Um, it's cool to see Austin Theory and Angel uh, Garza have their first WrestleMania match, but Street Profits win. I mean, obviously, we all knew this was going to happen. Doesn't make sense to take the belts off of the Profits so early. Um, the, the most interesting thing was the post match. Exactly post match when when the Profits win. Uh, Garza and Theory are, are beating down on uh, Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins. And Zelina is getting her licks in as well. And Bianca Belair comes out. In and, full wrestling and, gear, mind you. In full uh, wrestling gear. Which only makes sense because they didn't allude to Montez Ford and Bianca Belair being uh, married. So... Why would she? Why wouldn't she come out in her wrestling gear? But why would she be um, in her wrestling gear and show that she's not booked for? Why would she come out in general? Is the better question. Well, when they set this up and, and admit it and be like, "Oh, that's her husband," blah blah blah. She could have. I mean, they don't. They don't necessarily have to do that. You know they're going to. You know they're going to. Yeah, I mean they they could. They don't have to. And I think it's super weak that they're debuting Bianca to the main roster as part of the Street Profits. Mm. I mean, it does suck a bit. Like, let her stand on her own two feet. Let her try and make it happen on her own. Maybe they don't think that she can. And then, okay, so then, why why pair Bianca with Street Profits, but not pair Sarah Logan with the Viking Raiders? Man, I don't know if it's logic. Because, like, look, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not going to speak for you, but this is my opinion. I think Bianca Belair is a little bit more TV-ready as a singles competitor than Sarah Logan is. So Sarah Logan would need the uh, Viking Raiders more than Bianca Belair needs Street Profits, right or wrong. So then what's the point? Doesn't it make more sense to do it the other way around? Again, this is me. This is Vince McMahon and his weird, silly, old man booking logic. Yeah, you're right. You're right. How how silly of me. I'm sorry. Um, It was fun. To see Montez Ford like kind of salivating over his wife. That was cute. And um, but if you don't know that they're married, it's kind of awkward. No, it's just looks like a guy that's smitten by a girl. I guess. He's like, Ooh, who that girl? Like, <laughs> Angelo Douglas is like, uh, yeah, cool. Let's hope that this is a one-off. I don't know, man. They walked out with her on their shoulders. Let's hope that this is a one-off. Well, let's see. Let's move on to what was the most anticipated match for the three of us for our own personal reasons. The Fatal 5-Way Elimination Match for the SmackDown Women's Championship with Bailey defending her title versus Lacey Evans, Naomi, 
Sasha Banks, and <laughs> and Tamina. Shades is Shades is a ringer, Tamina. My dark horse. <laughs> because of the ridiculousness of that pick, I think the three of us were more hyped about this match than anything else. Yeah, I mean it was because every time we started about this match, we were like Tamina. <laughs> we, we we did have a good go at it. Um, if I was really going to choose instead of having fun with it, I would have definitely chose <clears throat> Lacey Evans. Mm. I know, I just felt like they were trying to give her uh, her moment. Right. But I mean, look they uh, they made they continue to reinforce the idea that Tamina is a powerhouse where all four of the other superstars work together to eliminate Tamina. I don't know why they continue to try and, and push Tamina as his powerhouse when no one cares, but they're doing that. So Tamina was the first one out. Uh, I believe Naomi was out next? Yes. Then Sasha gets eliminated. Well... Let's let's really dissect the, that that portion. Go ahead, go ahead. Sa- Sasha and Bailey are beating up Lacey in the corner, and I believe that Sasha's on the apron with her head in between. And uh, instead of giving Lacey Evans the knee, Bailey delivers a knee to Sasha, and when Sasha finally comes to after Bailey and, and Lacey had their kerfuffle. <laughs> kerfuffle. Um, Sasha's like, "What the hell was that?" Blah blah blah. Like after after all this after all this time, I've had your back. And Bill is like, it, "It was an accident. I'm sorry. Let's let's talk about this later. Let's just let's, let's get rid of Lacey first. And um, before. Uh, Lacey was about to hit Sasha. Bailey like kind of pushes Sasha out of the way. Uh, Lacey is about to deliver the the woman's right and hits Sasha. If, if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm mixing up the sequence. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but all that matters is Lacey delivers the woman's right to Sasha. And Bailey had ample time to break up the pin, but she let her best friend get pinned one, two, three to have the final two competitors, Lacey and Bailey. And, eh, okay, I mean, we've seen this match a hundred times already. Yeah. Um, Sasha interferes on Bailey's behalf to help Bailey win the match. Bailey wins, she retains. They try and, and tease tension between Sasha and Bailey, but Sasha's not having it. She's supporting Bailey the entire way through, and that's that. Yes, yes, and no. I mean, Sasha, instead of celebrating in the ring with Bailey, she's standing on the outside of the ring uh, by the the end of the ramp, right, or the beginning of the ramp to to move up, and she's just looking at Bailey, screaming, "Michael Cole, you'll never touch this." Uh, to JBL, you'll never touch this. 
and uh, Lacey Evans, and you'll never touch this. And I was like, please be more specific. I thought we were PG. But I'm, I'm whatever, right? Like, yeah, it was fine. Uh, uh, if, if Tamina didn't win and no one chose Bailey for us, everyone else chose Sasha Banks, then nobody won. I don't care. Did I not choose Bailey? No, you chose Sasha. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Anyway. Next. <laughs> the Firefly Funhouse match between the Fiend Bray Wyatt and John... How does one even begin to talk about this match? If the Boneyard match, which I I stated to the guys in the group chat earlier tonight, one, the Boneyard match had not one bone in it. Mm Mm-hmm. And two was basically a glorified buried alive match. Right. It's been getting if, high praise around the internet, by the way. I'm sorry. It's been getting high praise around the internet. Oh yeah, they're uh, everyone loved it. I told you, I loved it, man. So that's all I was watching Lucha Underground for a minute, you know? No, like, no, 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 no! Come on, come on! Hear me, hear me out. With like the super production type like movie aspect of it yeah but lucha underground would have had someone murdered there would have been like some sort of monster wrestler oh eating God. someone's soul like undertaker <laughs> is an undead man and he murdered aj Styles <laughs> by burying him alive so what are you talking about <laughs> no nah, lucha underground would have had him fed to like some carnivorous wrestler or i don't know man anyway lucha underground was weird <laughs> If the Boneyard match was a bad acid trip, <laughs> then the Firefly Funhouse match was pure, 100% unleaded crystal meth. <laughs> Man, this thing was crystal meth, PCP, like everything. Barbiturates, opium, friggin' mushrooms, everything. This match I don't know. was <clears throat> I don't even Okay, so we start with, with Bray in the Firefly Funhouse and he welcomes John to to follow him into the door. John Cena appears, Rambling Rabbit tells him to go through the door. But on the door, it has a sign mm-hmm. that says, Abandon all hope, uh, abandon hope all ye who enter, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so, man, I didn't know what we were going to be in the like in store for. So, Bray White is in the middle of the ring. And. It starts splicing between Bray and footage of Kurt Angle doing the now famous um, I challenge anyone in the back, anyone in the locker room to to come and face me, blah, blah, blah. 
To which John Cena answers the call, the whole ruthless aggression thing. That's when it's born, yada, yada, yada. So they're splicing the, this, the footage between Kurt Angle and Bray. And Bray's doing the same exact verbiage. And all of a sudden, you see John Cena wearing his old rookie gear. Not the exact one he wore on that episode of SmackDown, but the same style. The little short shorts, multicolored with the boots and the wristbands. And he huffing and puffing down to the ring. But this is... With his dad hair, though. Right, right. But this is definitely still current day old man Cena with his dad hair. And uh, he comes down to the ring... And he goes, you know, and he says what Kurt Angle says. What do you, what do you have that's going to be that, that can stand up to me, blah, blah, blah. And Cena responds with this aggression, takes a swing, misses. No one there. Does it again. Ruthless aggression, swings and misses. It was like, okay, sure. Next we went to Saturday main event. Not really sure what Cena has to do with Saturday main event, but yeah, <clears throat> out of uh, after they they did the whole ruthless uh, aggression thing, started like going off the rails, right? So, and I was just like, okay, you're starting to lose me a bit now. So this place in the intro to Saturday Night Main Event, and it's Bray in his stupid uh, muscle man dance costume and he's cutting a promo about his tag team partner who's the best tag team partner who's like gonna beat everybody and what does he call him um John um something like large large something yeah something like that something like that so Cena comes out and he's got like these dumbbell weights, and he's just doing reps of bicep curls, and he's doing more and more bicep curls. He's doing it at, like a super crazy speed until his muscles deflate, and and then his arms look all flabby, and deflated, and he's trying to swing at Bray, but he can't because his arms are deflated. I was like, what? Not sure what's happening, but okay. Next thing you know, woogly boogly doogly. It's the Doctor of Thugonomics. And Cena's in his old, you know, Babe Ruth jersey with the chain and the hat and the rings. I don't know how we got from Ruthless Aggression to Saturday Night Main Event to Doctor of Thugonomics. But the, the, the NWO had followed that. Right, and then after that was the NWO thing. Which was even weirder, because you have... I'm sorry, go ahead. What you said uh, before we even went on the air, when we actually started to discuss this a little bit, was you didn't get the NWO thing, and then you were like, what is Bray trying to do? Is he trying to compare Cena to Hogan, where no one's going to get over on Hogan, no one's going to get over on Cena? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Uh, that's a viable option. I'll yeah, take that's, that. That's the only thread that I could see, especially com- you know when you add in the uh, Saturday Night Main Event. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure like, the last little image of the intro of Saturday Night Main Event was Hulk Hogan flexing. But yeah. again, I could be, I could just be you know gasping at straws. But 
Bray's in a leather jacket with an NWO t-shirt and the sleeves are rolled up and he's just like he was doing the Kurt Angle stuff before, he's now doing Eric Bischoff. They're splicing in uh, clips of Eric Bischoff with Bray doing the same, you know, lines. And then he introduces Cena and Cena comes out with the NW, with the, uh, the WCW Heavyweight Championship with the NWO spray paint on it. He's doing the air guitar on it. It was just very confusing. It was very weird. At the end of the day, he eats a mandible claw. Two of them, if I'm not mistaken, right? He eats uh, the mandible claw to Sister Abigail. And then another mandible claw. And, um, and then, as, like, he, he, he's the fiend at the time. Bray Wyatt, as in Mr. Rogers thing, counts one, two, three. Right. And then, and then um, John Cena disappears from the ring, and Bray's just standing there. And did Bray win? Did Bray lose? Did we win? Did we lose? I don't know what the hell to make of it. And they cut to Titus O'Neil, who just goes, "I don't know what I just watched." <laughs> <laughs> Titus did a good job selling it afterwards. Just, just like a hundred percent. I don't know what I just watched. I don't know what I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> they just fade out into a commercial. Oh man! So after that lunacy, we head to the main event. Drew McIntyre, winner of the Royal Rumble. As such, his reward is to challenge the champion of his choosing in the main event of WrestleMania which was Brock Lesnar in the WWE Championship. Match starts, and if I'm not mistaken, we get a Claymore right off the bat, right? Right, right off the rip. Gets only a two count, yep. and then after that it's... Um, Three uh, F5s? No, it's a couple of... Um, oh, yeah, it's Germans... Like throwing him around a little bit. A couple of like uh, forearm hits, a couple of us, like blows to uh, the back. Yeah, a couple of shoulder shots to the gut. Then it's an F5. Uh, Kicks out at one. one. Uh, Another F5, Drew kicks out at two. Uh, Another F5, Drew kicks out at two. Uh, I believe that's when he hit Claymore kick, Claymore kick, Claymore kick. Yep. One, one, two, three. Drew McIntyre wins the WWE Championship. Yep. <clears throat> and Drew celebrating is how they go off the air. Um. Again, I'm happy about the end result, Drew, Drew winning, but I don't know. I think his, his win would have meant more with Stan there. I mean, obviously, but what are you going to do? Because you get the pop, but since you can't, like, or whatever, like, I'll use some crying over spilled milk. Yeah. Um, but what I do want to mention is people were killing the Braun Strowman-Goldberg match where it was just four power slams, four spears, and this was essentially the same thing. And everyone loved it. What? Really? Yeah. The only thing I can think of that gives this any sort of step over the Braun-Goldberg match is that this had built. And so fans wanted Drew to win. They cared about Drew winning. Where Braun was just 
insert wrestler here, and win. So there was no stakes. It was very anticlimactic. Yeah. But there's there, the same thing. It was literally the same thing. So, I mean, that was our nine-card WrestleMania. So, at the end of both nights, we ended up with both top belts changing. So, both the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship both changed hands. Uh, Both tag team championships remained where they belong, or where they were, rather. No other titles changed hands except the women's tag team titles. That is correct. Oh, and the NFC Women's Championship. And the NFC Women's. Oh, and the NFC Women's. Yeah. Yes. The Raw and SmackDown Championships were retained. The IC title was retained. NFC Women's changed hands. And the two big boy belts changed hands. And the women's tag belts changed hands. Yep. So, Shades, as we do, please give us your match of the night for night two. Uh, my match of the night for night two is going to go to Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Yeah. You, I mean, despite the finish that I was not happy about, I agree. They did a good job at getting everybody invested early, especially because they were the first man on the main card. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that, like, I'm looking at the the two cards, and I felt like night one was more balanced. Where night two felt like the the hills and valleys were the peaks and valleys. Excuse me, the peaks and valleys were so extreme from each other. Where I thought last night was a little bit more even keel throughout. Would you agree or disagree? No, no, I fully agree. Fully agree with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, let's give our topes for night two. Some people do ratings. Some people do letter grades. We at Gravel's Apples here, we do topes. Zero topes if you are TNA Victory Road 2004. And you get five topes if you're New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion 6-9-2018. So, where do we land? Where do we land? So, before I actually give my grade, I, I don't know. I think I, I enjoyed night one more than I enjoyed night two. Yep. Yep. Agreed. So... I think I'm going to land on a 2.5. Okay. Just a notch under night one. Uh, The Boneyard match was entertaining as all hell. Uh, People were saying that that match saved night one. So, I think think this was a solid, like, wrestling pay-per-view, but it didn't feel... As entertaining as the first uh, first night, so I'm, I'm gonna go two point five. You know, I'm gonna agree, and here's why. 
at least night one had the banger of a ladder match. It had Owens versus Rollins. It had, you know, for what it... And, and it had the, um, the Boneyard match, where night two only really had Flair versus Ripley, and even that did not have the ending that I liked. So, I don't like... The rest of the show, I either didn't care for or I thought was bad. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was bad, but I was just like, man, I... I... <clears throat> Night two, they did a terrible job at keeping um, me invested, at least. Oh, we forgot to mention that Rob Gronkowski is the new twenty-four-seven champion. Yeah, whatever. Like, I don't know. I strongly disliked Edge versus Randy Orton. I was bored to tears. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be alone in that because people swear by Edge and so people swear by Randy Orton, but... Yeah, no, you're not alone with that, at least with me. Uh, and Big Sexy said that. The match went on for too long. It wasn't good. I, uh, I didn't enjoy it. This is the, the best last man standing match they've ever seen. Yeah. I said, you must be on drugs from the Firefly Funhouse because there's no way. I don't get it. I, I did not enjoy it one iota. Yeah. Okay, so do we want to give an overall tope for both nights? Uh, I think I could settle on a 2.5 for, for both nights. Yeah. That, that sounds comfortable to me. Right in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Not up, not down, just smack dab in the middle. It existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, are we going to think... When we think back 10, 15, 20 years from now to WrestleMania 36, I think we're going to think more about the circumstances than we are about any of the matches. And if we do think back to any of the matches, it might just be the Boneyard match. Like, I, do, I, mean, I don't yeah, think there was any classic on this card. There was no memorable moments on this show. You know, last year had Kofi and had Becky. The year before that was... Um, what was the year before that? What was 34. 34 was... So... That wasn't the, the take a retirement match, was it? No. That was 33. Yes. 34 was Roman... Oof, I, I don't remember, actually. Hmm. Hold on. Hold oh, on. Roman, Roman Lesnar. Is that what that was? Yes. Hold on. 34. Results. Yeah, the WWE yeah. Championship was, yeah. was AJ and Shinsuke, and it was Roman, Roman and Lesnar. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, let's see. That one didn't really have anything crazy either. What do you think about it? Oh, we also didn't... Like, oh, that was Charlotte versus Asuka. Yes. That was Charlotte beating the streak. Yes. That's whack. But anyway, like I, I don't feel like there's going to be anything that anyone remembers about this other than the circumstances in which it was held. That, <clears throat> I mean, the Firefly Funhouse would be talked about and the Boneyard match for sure. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, 
Well, ladies and gents, you beautiful people, that's going to wrap up our recap and review of WrestleMania 36 Part 2 and WrestleMania 36 as a whole. Of course, you've been listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples Apples. That's Grapples the number two apples. Don't forget to check out our social media pages. That's Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Grapples the Apples. Again, that's Grapples the number two apples. Let us know what you thought of WrestleMania 36. What you thought about the Boneyard match and about the Firefly Funhouse match and whatever else. Was it as lame for you as it was for us? Or was this an iconic classic that you're going to be playing for years and years and years and have your kids sit down and watch. If that's the case, you don't know wrestling, stop watching it. Anyway, as always, I've been one of your hosts, Ill Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you mean to be, that's who I be because that's who I is. Joined from Shades' sexual palace. The man of the hour, the male of the power, always practicing Social distancing. That's right. Can be sour. Cream of the crop, rise to the top. Your boy, James. Thank you for joining us all three nights of this weekend. In case you're not tired of listening to us, check out any episodes that are backlogged. Don't forget to tune in next week, every other week after that, because an apple a day gives a bad wrestling away. Peace. Peace and love.